Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. So, Jeremy, two hours to go. An hour and 58 minutes, actually. And at the front of the field, the pit stops are a little bit ragged in terms of where they are. But ultimately, they all need the same amount of pit stops now to get to the end in GTP. Yeah, they can... Well, well, do they? That's, that's the question, Mark. Uh, because the... Um they will need, the, the, most of them will need two stops. If there's a, a, a caution, they might be able to make it on one, but certainly number 31 car is going to be, and number 25 car, they're kind of out of sequence with everybody else. They're sort of not even quite halfway through a stint at the moment. Uh, so they're going to need two more stops from here for sure. Uh, and uh, the cars that just come into the pits will, make, will need one stop and a bit. So 278 now laps completed. 50.7 last time around for our race leader Philip Albuquerque with that 21st lead change uh, and uh, the gap from first to second before the round of pit stops was around about 19 seconds and that hadn't really changed much for quite a long time but after that round of pit stops it's now 23 seconds between them so the, the, uh, that, that, stop, that stop sequence saw the Penske Porsche lose three or four seconds compared to the number 10 car as we see the number 14 Vassar Sullivan Lexus into the pit lane that's uh, out of the third position in GTD Pro it's number 9 car that still leads it's uh, Lawrence Vantor who's doing a bit of a marathon stint there in that Faf Motorsports Porsche he's leading by about five seconds over the number 79 which now is Jules Gunion driving the WeatherTech car and Ben Barnicott has just put it out of the third position in that full Vassar Sullivan Lexus. Car number 14. There's uh, pit stops also taking place in GTD. That category is still led by number 32, uh, Team Courthoff Mercedes. Car number 32, Team Courthoff. 258 laps completed. Uh, and that car shouldn't be due in the pits just yet, I don't think. But it leads from Marcus Sorensen, the lead over Marcus Sorensen in the Aston Martin for Heart of Racing is down to just over a second. So that's come down over the course of the last 10 laps or so by you know, about four seconds. It's, it's reduced from about six to, to less than two now. And then there's a big gap back to the number uh, 70 car, which, well, well that's mainly because it's just come into the pit lane. So that's the Inception McLaren. Uh, pits out of third position in the class. That'll hand that position for now to the Paul Miller Racing BMW. That's car number one. That runs in third position. Frederick, uh, Brian Sellers is driving that car at the moment. Here is a pit stop now for the second place car in GTD Pro. Fuel and tyres and the driver change for the Proton Run Mercedes car number 79. Car that won at Daytona, so leads the championship coming into this weekend and that looks like absolutely routine service for that number 79 team adjusts the steering column 
fires up the engine with a bit of luck, waits for the signal to go, and he does exactly that. So driver change completed there. That will leave the number nine car, Lawrence Van Tor, still out in the lead of this race. Jules Gugnot got out of that number 79 WeatherTech Mercedes, and it is Daniel Junkadela who it takes over at the wheel of that car, and he will be in the third position for right now behind David Arrigon in the Risi Competizione Ferrari car number 62, which will be owing us a pit stop reasonably soon. So, coming down an hour and 50 minutes as the caught off AMG still having to make passes in its run at the front of the field. And he's being closed down on Mike Skeen by Marco Sorensen. It's down 1.8 yeah. seconds. So Mike Skeen's going to done a good job, but he's going to have to start looking in the mirror shortly. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Shea Adam brings us more from the pit lane. Ollie Melroy, you've got a McLaren that could potentially win the Mobile 112 RS Super. What's that feel like? Yeah, it feels, it feels great. I mean, you know, when you're out there, you don't really... I came in, I was like, where are we? <laughs> You've got no idea, we like leading, we tenth, you know, you're just doing your job. Uh, I had like a fuel target to hit and stuff like that, so I was just doing what the boys were asking me to do. Um, the, when the temperature drops, it tends to come to us a bit with the McLaren, you know, the car always prefers these lower temperatures, so, you know, the last couple of hours of things really come alive, so, yeah, it feels great. Um, but you know what this game's like, we can have an FCY soon and then it's anyone's. What's it like actually taking the car from the daylight into the darkness? Um, it's, it was really hard. It was particularly hard because uh, Frederick had a bit of contact earlier in the race. Um, so we've damaged both headlights and they're pointing at the floor and bouncing. So it's like, it's pretty horrendous. Like you can't see much at all. Um, so that made it really tough once it got dark. But it, it is what it is. We can't do anything about it. We just have to, to crack on. Frederick's into the end now? Uh, yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan. So uh, I'll be on standby in case something changes. But yeah, the plan is to run Frederick to the end. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. One more stop for them to the end. Shandoff would be staying in that car, as you heard Ollie Milroy. They've done a good job. They, remember, yeah. they were bounced into the wall and almost picked up by the field on the second restart, weren't they? Uh, early on. Hey, uh, there aren't many cars in this race that haven't had well, an eventful time. It's <laughs> a fair point. <laughs> but, as you were talking about before, we've had only just uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven retirements in this race. Yeah, officially, yeah. Yeah, which is, which is pretty remarkable. It's yeah. been a fast pace. And wow. So not, ru not running here, the Triazi competition, or two, two, three, Ferrari 296, they had an alternate pulley problem. I don't think they really got around there, swapped the belt and then had to swap the pulley itself, but that car has been out for a while. Francois Aro for TDS Racing, a tale of war for both TDS cars, actually, but the 35 has been missing for a long time. Augusta Farfus retired the number 24 BMW with uh, overheating issues. Uh, Phil Ellis, broken suspension after contact with the right portion of Turn 1 for the 57 Windward car. Andretti Autosport went out with... What was the problem with that? Actually, I'm not sure. Well, no, I was just going to point that out because yeah. that's fairly recent. Uh, and that was the car that 
That was that was about an hour and a half ago. Was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was retired about an hour and a half ago. Shea, what was the what was Which the was? Andretti car. car, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. engine related, I believe. Engine related, yeah. That that was at the same time as the zero one went out. They were behind the wall together, weren't they? Um, Pit stop then for the third place car in GTD. Number one car onto pit lane, the Paul Miller Racing BMW, and the Magnus Racing Aston Martin comes out of second position. Looks like a driver change down there for the number one car. It is. That's Brian Sellers getting out. That looked like Madison Snow. It should be shared down there. You should be able to tell. His bottom side of the view. Brian Sellers getting out of the car now. The, car, the, the pit stop is uh, is pretty much done and dusted. We're still waiting for the fueler. Uh, I wouldn't mind talking to Brian and seeing just how uh, how they're doing. They're clearly doing a cracking job with nursing that brake pedal. Um, you remember, I mean. Was that like half distance? It wasn't it even half distance. It wasn't even it was half just, distance. It was about five hours and twenty, maybe five hours and thirty. Yeah, they've that, got, they've been they've been running with a, a long pedal. They, they reluctantly uh, did not want to change brakes. They knew that would put them right out of contention, and uh, I suppose they were right because the uh, the Robbie Foley Turner Turner car uh, had the same issue. They went and changed brakes brake discs and park calipers and, uh, and that car's out of contention let's uh, go down to Shea who's with another team who've had a bit of a tail of war this week and certainly through the race clubbing twice out there on the circuit Gradient Racing the 66 Acura this is a very frustrating stop for Gradient because they did fuel tyres and now they're having to use zip ties to put flashlights with tape over the front of them to uh, signify different colors to the chassis so that the little bits that are missing are uh, illuminated if you will and there is something acting as a secondary light on the right hand side of the car to try and indicate where the edge of the car is for the competitors they do have a light bar in the middle of the hood as well so it's not as if they're having trouble seeing necessarily but IMSA wanting to make sure that they are very well seen on the racetrack so marker lights effectively, Correct. side marker lights, yeah, understood. Thank you, Shea, Shea, Adam, and before that, Joe Bradley. Adam to radio, keep the tweets coming in, and remember the hashtag Michelin PRT for our post-race tech show, driven by you, the listener. Let's have a chat with Brian Sellers and see how they've been managing that brake issue for... What? It's been like three hours now, maybe a little bit more, Joe. Yeah, I think I think it's been quite a while. Uh, uh, Brian, um, I just want to know how you guys are managing with that uh, brake issue. It, uh, it doesn't seem to relate to what I'm seeing on the timing screens. Yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, they don't get better as time goes. Um, it seems to be our biggest problem right now, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to manage uh, the brake balance uh, throughout the brake zone. The problem with once the pedal starts to go long, the brake migration changes and what's, what that means is the brake balance changes from the beginning of the brake zone to the end of the brake zone. So it's very difficult because at the beginning of the uh, brake zone you have quite a lot of rear activation and then at the end you have a lot of front activation which is not the best of either world really because you start to chase the rear on the way in and then the ABS over activates as you approach the apex and creates a lot of understeer so 
It's very tricky. It's very tricky, especially in traffic. When you're by yourself, you can manage it quite a bit better. But as soon as you start to get other cars uh, dictating what you do, then it becomes very hard. Yeah, and just that, that's added a bit of darkness and those reference points disappear. The, the breaking reference that you had in daylight's gone in the dark, I would imagine. Yeah, I just thought it was because I was getting older, but I guess it is a little bit darker. Um, it's tough tonight. I mean, the... Uh, it's it's ever evolving the the night time here as the series goes you know remember my first sebring i think the headlights were uh more dim than the jumbotrons out in the in the uh, infield you know but now the the tail lights before they're even illuminated on the um, gtp cars are brighter than the headlights so it's tough when they go past you it really is difficult on your eyes difficult on markers but it, that's the same for everybody thank you brian Motorsport running around Sebring at night. Last time you did that with them, you won the race, so it's gonna feel very familiar to be back here wearing the plaid. Yeah, yeah. it's. I mean, I always love being with those guys. Um, I came here this morning because I was busy with, with the WEC race, and they gave me a briefing at seven o'clock what what the target is, what the goal is, and jumped in the warm up, and here we are. And, uh, it went surprisingly well. Obviously, I know the car, I know the team, but uh, I really felt well in the car now. The car was coming to life at night, and that's what we were hoping for. Uh, that was my last double sin, and I'm done. <laughs> I need a McDonald's or something now. I slept four hours last night after the WEC race, and that was already pretty exhausting. So 24 hours almost of Sebring, uh, that's once a year is enough. <laughs> Yeah, that is extra torture. Now, this Porsche, yes, it's one that you raced with them at Daytona, but it's a brand new car for you at Sebring. Did it still feel familiar, comfortable, like the Porsche that you know and love kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a different car, but uh, I always say, even with the MDH cars, you know, it's a car with four black wheels, an engine, a steering wheel, and pedals. You need to figure out how it works. Um, afterwards, there's a lot more details, of course, but uh, no, I... I felt at home. I've been, yeah, I had some practice on the track the last couple of days. And uh, with the tough guys, it's always always easy to jump in and uh, do the job. Don't quite go and get an ice cream yet. You still might be needed down at the podium at the end of this one. Fingers crossed for you. I uh, found a really good, nice gluten-free bakery in St. Pete tomorrow. I'm going to order everything on the menu twice, I think. <laughs> see if you can get the, uh, see if you can get the address of that, Shea, will you? That's like the sound of that. Drama out in the dark. We've said it before, strange things happen when it gets to nighttime here. And Tom Blomqvist in the accurate ARX 06, the number 60 car, has lost a wheel and tyre. He was due in. No, no. No, he wasn't. It was uh, 10 laps only since he made uh, a stop. They were on the wall waiting for him. He must have told them that they had a problem. A Michelin tyre and wheel has gone missing. It's the left rear, and that car's not coming back. And this will be a full course yellow. And Nick Tandy's right back in it if that happens. And then there were five. Everyone diving for the pit lane as quickly as they can. Albuquerque's come in from the lead. Felipe Nasser's come in from the lead. The BMW, where's the BMW 25 coming out of turn 17 now? Needs to get into the pit lane. Porsche in the pit lane. That's NASA. So first and second into the pit lane. Van der Linde's gone through. The BMW's gone through. Where then is the 31 of Alexander Sims? 
He is in the pit lane now. Yes, he is. Sims has come through into the pits. Nick Tandy will be the next one by. I think they're waiting to give all of the leaders a chance to pit. He's on the back straight now. Tandy on the back straight now. So first, second and fourth in the pit lane. Sheldon van der Linde has gone through into the lead, I believe, but did not stop. Here comes Tandy. Round the final corner at turn 17. Now surely pits, pits this car. Porsche Penske Motorsport, are they splitting their strategy? They are, he's gone through. So, so pits have been closed now that the leaders have all gone past the pit entry. Well, interesting. BMW only have one car and they sent Sheldon von der Linde around, even though they must have known there was a yellow flag coming. Porsche have pitted the second place car and left Nick Tandy out. So Tandy has now got track position, but also a pit stop. When was Tandy last in, uh, Jeremy? He was in on lap 273, now done 286. Okay. So slightly surprised he didn't come in because yeah. uh, that was one of the cars, he was one of the first cars to come in under the last sequence, other than the fact that 25 and number 31 stopped uh, seven or eight laps before he did. That was very much out of sequence then. So, Albuquerque stayed in the number 10 and he's out of the pit lane. Philippe Nazar stayed in the number 7. And Alexander Sims stayed in the 31. Still scored in that car, Alexander Sims. As he's gone out, he's back on the track. So... Sheldon van der Linde leads the motor race, having completed 287 machine. At 287 laps completed. And drama for the Acura number 60. Partnered company, the left rear wheel as partnered company with the car. So BMW team RLL. Why didn't and they come a, in? That's another leader. So that means then that seven different cars have led this race. The other BMW led uh, for a couple of laps very early on, uh, lap, well, at lap 86 and 87. But this is the first time number 25 car has been in the lead of the race. And it's shown really good pace lately. I don't understand. They both drove by well, the pit lane. They had a chance to pit before the yellows. Yeah, the question is how many tyres do they have left, I think, for, for everybody right now. Because uh, with this caution period, uh, I would suggest that it, it's quite likely that all bar the number 31 car, which is just pit, that's, that needed to pit, uh, but the number 25 car, I would have thought, would have, make, would have needed to make a pit stop. Now, the other guys, I think, can quite likely go to the end on just one more pit stop from here. But I think that's unlikely for that number 25 car. So it is strange that they wouldn't put that car into the pits, from my perspective. Shea Adam, does it look like they're going to leave Sheldon out there or bring him in? And Tandy, for that matter. No, both of the cars are coming in. Uh, the 25, the BMW, is going to do a driver change to Nick Yellily. They have new Michelins on the wall ready to go on that car as well. I see two Michelins for them. For the Porsche, for Penske Motorsport, there's four tires on the wall and Matthew Gemini. 
I honestly don't understand why they didn't do that. Uh, I think it's probably a slight miscue, to be honest. Yeah. Alexander Sims still shown in the 31, by the way. Well, he's sitting on the pit box now, and so that hasn't quite changed over. Race control, very fair there, Jeremy. They allowed all of the remaining five GTPs to go past the pit entrance before they activated the full course yellow. And I, and I, I, have, I do not know why Team RLL and Porsche... Porsche Penske Motorsport, they might, might be splitting their strategy, but then if they bring them both in here... I suppose then, in some ways, they're no worse off because they'll get to back to the back of the field. Instead of being first and fourth, they'll be uh, fourth and fifth, won't they? Uh, and they will have pitted later and therefore be able to go a bit longer and their tyres will be in better condition, I suppose you could argue. Um, I suppose you could argue. How much have we got left time-wise? 96 minutes, 97 minutes. So, pit now, and you are in the window for just one more stop, aren't you? For GTP, Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they're giving themselves... OK, so here's the answer. I'm answering my own question here. By staying out another couple of laps behind the safety car, the 25... BMW and the number six Porsche are just giving themselves a little bit more leeway and a little bit more fuel to give them strategic flexibility, which was one of our Porsche keys to the race, for when you take your last pit stop. And potentially it could be slightly less fuel for your last pit stop as well, which means sort of, less stationary time, but then with the energy addition, I don't really know about that anymore. Two things that would really help us understand it and therefore explain it to you is if we had some indication of how long the cars have got to add energy, quote-unquote, because there isn't, it's not as if there's an electrical cable plugged in, and also the RFID data from the tyres so we know when tyres are double stinting and that could be made available because that is available it's there and it's made available to the broadcasters in the WEC for example campaign for a long time to get that so here comes the flatbed and the number 60 Acura is being held up and now will be lowered gently onto the flatbed no need to put the roll back down so just slide that underneath thank you very much indeed the pass around is happening at the moment Yes, well, that was a uh, 
a, a run of two hours and five minutes from green to our ninth caution period of the day. And we've had 22 lead changes amongst seven different cars. So the only car that hasn't led overall is which second of the Porsche has come to six. Hasn't led and it's currently running in the fourth position. Tandy's driving it, so put that beyond the realm of possibility, particularly if you look at the. Let's uh, that it has not set uh, a quite as fast a time as the other. That, that car's best lap is a 149.0. Most. Uh, as coincidentally was the uh, Tom Blomquist number 60. But of course, that seems to be out. Of, it was very much out of the reckoning now for the wind. No question about it. So we are still waiting to open the pit lane for prototypes, which will, we believe, see Sheldon von der Linde and Nick Tandy dive into the pit lane. You might actually see all of the GTPs come in. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see all of the GTPs come in. And the cars that came in before the yellow actually go in and top up so that they're on the same fuel strategy. Because they'll get out before the other two because they'll be stationary less time. Yeah, so, they, so for, for their final stop, they would need less fuel than they would otherwise need. Exactly right, John. Uh, it, uh, at least does it, it's not going to disadvantage them. Correct. Um, and it means that it takes away a possible advantage for the number 25 BMW and uh, the Nick Tandy number six Porsche it puts them all on a level playing field for their last pit, last pit stop effectively that's right and even if they all come onto the pit lane now number 25 car yes it comes in in, in the lead but its stop will be much longer because it needs a lot more fuel than everybody else so almost certainly will drop to the back of that train just before that yellow came out, Joe Bradley just telling me that the CrowdStrike racing by APR LMP2 came into the pit lane and got in and out. Nolan Siegel stayed on, took a full load of fuel, or took a top up to full on his fuel, and new Michelin tyres. Kevin Simpson leads for Tower Motorsport and, uh, in that category will reset the order for you with a VP Racing Fuel in race update. The pits will be open. Well, all cars have been asked to pack up. And the pits are open for prototypes. So, 25 will come in at the BMW, and so will Nick Tandy. So that's first and fourth in GTP at the moment. The question is... Will anybody else come in to cover them off? I can't, I, I won't, I, I do not think there'll be anybody other than the fueler and the uh, lollipop over the wall for the cars that stopped just before this. They're taking a calculated risk because although we've been going slowly, it's five, six, ten minutes ago, whatever it was, since we went to yellow. 
and yeah maybe it's only a lap maybe it's only a lap or two of fuel but that could be a couple or three seconds stationary on pit lane at your last pit stop with 90 minutes to go the drama continues to unfold Yeah, and I think in in GTD, I reckon we're going to have uh, 12 cars on the lead lap for the restart. The last of those being that that, that tournament is what BMW, uh, number 96, had the brake change well, a couple of hours ago now, probably. Uh, the first car lapped down is uh, Rahel Frey in the Iron Dames Lamborghini, car number 83, the pink car. And then Catherine Legg, she's another couple of leg laps back in a gradient race in Governor 66 has had all sorts of dramas during this race alright here come the prototypes and everyone except Jack Aiken for wheel and engineering has come in and Philippe Albuquerque stayed out as well so okay Jack Aiken now shown in that car and in fact he has come into the pits he is into the pit lane, so only Philippe Albuquerque has stayed out. Shea Adam. That's right, and the seven already in and out for Porsche Penske Motorsport. Just a top-off of fuel, waiting on the top-off of fuel for Jack Aiken as well. I'm shocked they didn't put Pippo Durrani back in for the run to this race. That tells you the confidence they have in their new young find. But it was eight seconds for the 31, and the pit exit light is on. So... That means that there is now a queue of cars waiting at the pit exit. Service nearly done for the 25 BMW. This is the last car. Ooh, they are doing some work in the left rear. Is that a brake change that they're doing on the BMW? It looks like it. Uh, yes, I do believe it is. They're doing, at the very least, pads on this 25 BMW. So the left uh, and right rear, both of the rear brakes for the 25 BMW. New brakes for Nick Yellily. That's interesting. Tower LMP2 car comes out of the pit lane. It's number eight car. Scott McLaughlin put back in that machine. And that will hand the lead back to Nolan Siegel, who pitted just before yes. that yellow. So has the track position. Still one stop for those guys as well to go before the end. Number 52 and number 11 also on the lead lap in LMP2. And then one lap down are both the number 18 and number 51 has just come into the pits now. Picture of Fittipaldi driving the rare racing engine. Quite a lot of work going on on that uh, BMW rear end. Uh, brakes and around the hub. They've are changing the whole, the whole thing, are they? Wow. Yeah. So discs are off. Uh, the caliper is... problem is they've taken the caliper off the rotor before they split open the pads. And now they can't get the pads, the uh, pistons back in the calipers to take the pads out. So I wonder if that was dragging a little bit. And that's... You on goes the, the safety disc. Car safety cars coming out of turn 
16 now. They're going to have to go. They're going to have to go. Dear, I'm not sure whether this is going to be back on in time. They could be struggling. New pads are on there. Did they do both sides here of, uh, of the brake change or just the left? Yeah, they did both sides. Yeah, uh, okay. Both of the rear brakes and the pneumatic drill is now being fired up. I'm looking for the safety car in the exit of turn 17. Halfway down the back straight at the moment. Yep, they might get this done, but it's going to be a problem for Corvette it's Racing if they don't because they are blocking the entrance into Corvette Racing's pit box and they, they are doing the, four the right new tires. Side brakes, yeah? Have they finished? Yeah. Uh, I can't see the right side because I'm standing on the pit wall looking at the left-hand side. Okay, I can see them working away. Here comes the safety car. They're going to go a lap down. Yep. They are going to go a lap down. Wow. They're just fastening it up with the caliber now, and the BMW number 25, Sheldon von der Linde, drops off the lead lap. Here comes the... GT cars, 32 caught off, already standing still. There's a driver change there. It's the car that's been leading for such a long time. In the GTD category, Antonio Garcia is in the pits. This is great news for them, exactly what they needed to get them back into contention. And they're going to have to pull in right behind the BMW share, Adam. Yeah, they're blocked. Oh, drama for the 14 Lexus, which left with the fuel hose still attached. They did left side tires only, trying to jump some of their competition. But for Corvette Racing, it's exactly what I predicted. They could not get into their box. And now they're having to roll the car forward and backwards to maneuver it into a position where they can get the air hose attached. This is disaster. Everyone else has come and gone from the pit lane as Andy Lally is side by side with the 92 Porsche and has to fall in line behind. So Matt Racing losing a couple of spots on that stop as well. Now the BMW is being rolled backwards. The brake change is complete. They're telling Nick Yellowly, pump the brake, make sure that there is something there, fire it up, and then go. So now it is Nick Yellowly to the end. One lap down. Corvette has four new boots. The 14 Lexus has two left sides. But watch for that car to get called for the penalty for leaving with the fuel nozzle attached. Well, that didn't perhaps go quite as well as BMW had hoped. The brake-by-wire system works on the back brakes. Uh, maybe it hasn't been. And they've used up their rear pads and discs rather more than they were expecting. And that shifted the brake bias. We heard Ken Cook elo eloquently explaining how all that works earlier on could have something like uh, an hour and 15 minute sprint here with one pit stop for pretty much everybody now Nick Yellily in the BMW alright let's give you a quick VP racing fuel in race update as the field is resetting itself behind the safety car we'll get the GTP class split after the final wave by which is starting now but this is how they should be lined up behind the safety car I reckon Philippe Albuquerque in the number 10 Conning Minolta did not top off the tanks elected to stay out track position track position exactly so 
Felipe Nasser did come in and top off. Literally a splash of fuel, maybe three seconds. Will be second in line. Third, and also electing to stay out, Wheel and Engineering Cadillac. No, that did, that did come in, John. Oh, yes, sorry, yes, it did. It was at the tail end of the group, that's why Correct. it didn't show it up didn't initially. It didn't come up straight yeah. away, yeah, yeah absolutely. Accurate Porsche Cadillac in the first three, 10, 7 and 31. Then the second of the then the second of the Porsches with Mathieu Jaminet behind the wheel. Right. And the 31 car did get ahead of the number six car then during that uh, that, that Correct. last splash. Yeah, it, it was always going to do that because it had stopped previous to the yellow yep. whereas the six car had so that was all by dint of how much fuel was going in yep. Nick Yellowley with uh, a new brakes at the back has dropped off the lead lap but at least we'll be on the end of the queue when we restart he will be fifth in line in LMP2 Christstrike Racing back in the lead courtesy of Nolan Siegel getting into the pit just before the yellow flag came out for Tom Blomqvist's Acura losing a wheel out on the airport side of Sebring International Raceway. In second, Scott Huffaker for TDS Racing in the red and yellow number 11, Oregon. Tower Motorsports, Scott McLaughlin in third in the number eight, the yellow and, sorry, the orange and black car. Paul Loupe-Chatin in the wins car, which has speed. That was the Paul sitter. He's in fourth. All of those top four on the lead lap. In P3, Garrett Grist has been installed in the Junior 3 racing number 30, which will lead to the green flag from Felipe Fraga for Riley in the 74 orange and blue car. Lars Kern in the black and yellow number 13 is third, but is a lap off the lead, is he? Two laps, actually. Oh no, maybe he's just, just getting away around now. He's, one he's, lap, he's one got lap one lap. Down. He's got one lap back, and he's come straight into the pits. Yeah. As has Time and Van der Helm in the JDC Miller Motorsports number eighty-five. Yeah. In GTD Pro, Patrick Peele for Faf Porsche will lead to their green flag in the number nine from WeatherTech Racing in the white number seventy-nine. AMG GT3 Daniel Yucadella, Risi Competizioni number sixty-two, Pensoil. Risi Competizioni car, Lexus RCF, Vassar Sullivan, another black and yellow, number 14, that one is. Then the pink Iron Links, uh, sorry, the green Iron Links, number 63, Lamborghini, still with the shout. Antonio Garcia, as predicted, reinstalled behind the wheel of the number three. This is Antonio's favourite place, he's quick here. King of Sebring, as Shea's just said in my ear. Bill Orbelin is a lap off the GTD Pro lead in the Turner Motorsport car. In GTD, leading Marco Sorensen now for Harter Racing, Aston Martin. The number 27, the dark blue car, Kaivon Polo. Yeah. In a dark grey, number 91, Kelly Moss with Riley Porsche 992. Impressive how that car's That's jumped just, up, That's just, it's stealth grey, and it's stealth its way back up into contention. Madison Snow in the number one Paul Miller racing car. Maybe not with quite the braking performance that they would like. 
He will restart third ahead of Trent Hinman for the bright yellow vault number 77 Wright Motorsports Porsche. Then the Lamborghini Huracan of Forte Racing, another green car, Loris Spinelli in the 78. Turner Motorsports, Robbie Foley is in sixth place as we come back to green. There are, I think, 11, uh, 12, 12 GT D cars on the lead lap. The headlights head down towards turn one in a shimmering mass of light for those standing on the outside. Difficult to pick the cars out, but it is Albuquerque that leads from NASA and Aitken and Jaminay and Yellily. Yellily, remember, that BMW wants to get through and get back on the lead lap. So watch that BMW. They'll be turned up to the max. Trying to pick their way through in case there's another yellow. But you can bet the bottom dollar that if there is another yellow, Albuquerque won't pick because he won't want Yellily to get back on the lead lap. Side by side, into the braking area at turn 10, and the Porsche makes up a position there. That was the number six car, I think, of Mathieu Jaminet going round Jack Aitken. That's it. Another prototype mixed in there. He had the final wave bite. Coming down to Jean de Bian Benz. Three Porsches wide <laughs> going through turn number 11. And that could get very expensive very quickly. Three very distinctive Porsche tail lights spread across the track. Albuquerque going down into turn 17. It's the GTD battle with the Corvette of Antonio Garcia right in behind. Jordan Pepper and Jack Hawksworth and Daniel Surrey, they're all there. There's damage to the number 12 car. That's the GTD. Um, that's where from where they had the trouble with of the Acura in the Lexus. So that was the AM car that the Corvette had to go around. All mixed up there. After the pit stops, nine tenths of a second, Albuquerque from NASA, from Jaminet, another 1.7 back from Aiken. Oh, the racing car, Pietro Fittipaldi, is off at turn one, I think. Was in fifth position for the Biohaven car. See his head moving in the car, but there's damage to the front, and also there's been contact with the number 30 as well. Yeah, okay, because on that lap, the number 74 car came through in the lead. Uh, the 30 car had been leading, but damage there for Garrett Briss. Full course yellow. Mm. Ah, that is very annoying for Junior 3. They've been there or thereabouts all the way through. Short yellow. It was confirmed as turn one, by the way, for Pietro Fittipaldi. 
And he just lost Whoa, it himself dude. through turn one. That's a big impact for Pietro. On the bumper turn one, about half a car's width away from that apex. Oh, and the tyre. It was the tyre that was bouncing in the middle of the road, the tyre and the wheel. How unlucky can you get? Wow, that could have been much worse. If that had gone into the windscreen, it was bouncing in the middle of the track there, oh. having come off the Pietro Fittipaldi car. Just what Kenton Cook was telling us earlier on. Yeah, that was pulled off. Went 10, 15 feet well, Did that high. cause it? Well, that's a good point, Jeremy. Yeah. There was a couple of cars that just missed it, and unfortunately... Number 30 did not. Do you know what? I think the reason that he didn't avoid it was because it bounced so high, yeah, he didn't it. pick it up. I yeah. Bet. I, bet. I think he'd lost the lead in any case to number 74 car, Felipe Fraga, in the Ryder Motorsports car. I think had got past Garrett on that restart lap. I think I think that was Felipe Fraga who had to dodge the yeah, tyre first with the yeah. purple marker yeah. light in the front of that car. Yeah. And then uh, Garrett was completely... Uh, unsighted. Well, it was coming down. Yeah. It was coming down out of a black night sky. You're not, you're not looking for no, that, are you? You're not, not. looking no. to swerve in three dimensions. On, on, on that opening lap, by the way, uh, Matthew Jamie did get past Jack Aitken. So up into third place, and Porsche's then second and third. And the Cadillac, how favoured were they to win this race at the beginning of the day? There's only one remaining. It's down in fourth position right now. So Jack Aitken's got a lot of work to do. It's just tick. The chance to say one more. The car goes around. There no, comes the wheel off. The wheel comes off from the right rear. Very fortunate not to go actually out of the track surface unless it's bouncing around. Was that the Carl Robinson car? Well, yeah, it was already shown in second place, Jeremy. You're absolutely yeah, right. Must have so. lost that coming to the green. Joe Bradley has got that car with the evidence of the of striking that wheel and tyre combination clear on the left front yeah it's uh, it's very badly damaged they're trying to get the front uh, section off and they've got a brand new nose section ready to put on um, it doesn't look like any of the clips where it attaches to has been have been affected in fact they're just pulling it off now in fact one of the clips is just caught so this is the car that was second in LMP3 so this is not what they want. If they can get it's this car mid. out before... Oh, it's leading now. It's it, showing, it was showing, leading. Showing number two. It was leading. So it was leading. in the lead. It's lost the lead because of this incident. And hopefully we can get it out. So the new nose section is offered to the car. It should clip nicely in. It's a couple of uh, spring clips either side. And then a couple of bolts right in the middle section. Um, so this car is going to get out well before the safety car comes around. Safety car is on the back straight now, Joe. Uh, it will. It should do. Actually, now that you've said that, this is going to be pretty tight. Uh, they've just got the, uh, the, the the front plate that covers the where the front suspension is, where the number plate is. Ah, it four, can, four little spring clips. It can only drop to fourth if it, if they get it out now. It will right, only it's drop to fourth. Now. It's off the tracks. Well done, boys. GR3 Racing knew exactly what they uh, were going to be presented with, and they had everything ready when it did present itself cracking job so that car will only drop the fourth it'll stay on the lead lap they're looking for the win 
I think, Cher, that's not a full season entry, that car, is it? Correct. Uh, they missed Daytona. Dakota Dickerson, one of their drivers, did do Daytona with a different team. Yeah. He is still eligible for the Michelin Endurance Cup points uh, that he can score on his own without Ari Baylog and Garrett Grist. But this is a crew that very much came here with one goal in mind. No, it's a full season car. Uh, but they, they weren't just, at Daytona. They weren't at Daytona because that's not a full season race. Good point, Jeremy. Good that's point. Just, uh, for, for LMP2 and LMP3, that only counts for the uh, Michelin Endurance Cup, but the no, number 30 car is will do the remainder of the season. Well, they did get it out. Shall we uh, see if we can grab an interview down there with Joe Bradley? And as the cars come through, it's going to be a relatively lengthy recovery the wheel did steer inside the bounds wheel and tyre steered within the bounds of the circuit by the way hard really hard to say whether that was cause or effect the car pitched sideways the wheel was still on until it went off the track sideways and then it got pulled off but yeah. it could have been loose before then which is what caused the spin in the first place and unfortunately in the darkness that was impossible to see yeah. Pietro Fittipaldi has had a fairly... Well, he's had his bell rung there, I would say. Yeah, that's a scary impact. Um, it's, it's not much one of the best times at night time. It's probably even more scary because you're really not quite... You don't have quite the same spatial awareness as you do during the... Maybe it was better he didn't see the barrier coming point, to actually. That's a good point, Depth perception goes. Yeah. All, di all difference. Joe Bradley down in the pit lane. Gunnar Jeanette, AO Racing. Rexy. Um, Gunnar, this is your home track, effectively, isn't it? I mean, you've been here so many times. What was the first... How old were you when you first raced here in the 12 hours? Uh, first 12 hour, I was 17. <laughs> yeah. The year previous, maybe I shouldn't be saying this over the air, the year previous when I was 16, I actually fueled a car in the 12 hour. But I'm not sure. It's the standard of limitations, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's been over 20 years, so I'm sure it's fine now. Double duty for you and PJ Hyatt sitting next to you. Um, the WEC yesterday, the 12 hours of Sebring today. Firstly, let's start with uh, just what challenge does that bring? Because they're completely different cars, aren't they? GTD, GT3 spec, and the GTE AM car. Yeah, it's... Um, I don't know if it was a bigger challenge than I expected. You know, with both of them being Porsches, they are, uh, they are similar in, in a lot of ways and look pretty similar in the cockpit, but... One is rear engine and one is mid-engine. One is customer Michelin tires and the other is confidential Michelin tires. Two different pit lanes, two different sets of rules. Um, they kind of feel like being on a different track then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the cars definitely react differently. You have to drive them differently and you have to sort of do a full reset and, and shift. And, and, you know, I told the engineers on both sides, like, treat us like we're toddlers and, and literally, like, tell us everything because you look down at the steering wheel and the steering wheel is completely different and buttons are on the opposite side and stuff. And you're like, uh, you have a moment of, of brain lock. Um, but, um, but I mean, it's, it, it's absolutely awesome to be able to, to do the double here. Um, I'm feeling it a little bit now. Uh, un unfortunately, neither of the races have gone the way that we wanted them to. But, um, but yeah, uh, the, the AO Racing crew has done an awesome job to, to get Rexy back in order and, uh, you know, give, give the fans a chance to, to see him running around at night. 
uh, on, a, on a kind of a, a I, th- I think you may have answered that. I wanted to know just how advanced this new 992 GT3 spec car has become. Yeah, it's it's um, you know they incorporated a lot of the um, the RSR 19 sort of development and and sort of theory behind it. We've got a, a, a number of our our guys from the crew were on the the American factory program, and so they have you know quite a bit of knowledge with the the RSR 19, and um, and so when they first went over to Germany in October November to get training on this car. Uh, a lot of the comments were, you know, how similar it was. Obviously, the engine isn't flipped around, um, but um, but yeah, you know, the, the development has definitely been towards that direction. It's gone to 4.2, though. Does that make a difference? It's not supposed to have any more power, but how does it feel? Uh, I mean, with the the 4.2 or 4 liter, you know, the biggest difference was getting that 38 mil restrictor uh, from the 33s that we had at Daytona. And we were just so far out of the window at Daytona, and, and now we're in a place where we can actually race with cars. I didn't Daytona at Daytona, mate. You were so miserable, understandably, yeah. But you're, happy, you're a little bit happier on that front, I, I would think. Yeah, yeah, massively happier. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, you know, in the window now, and, and some cars definitely still pull away from us on the straight. But by the amount that you would expect to, you know, with, with little things here and there, you know, the Mercedes have, have shown that, that they're still very strong here. Um, but at least we're in the rent window and in a place that we can race with other cars, so we're much happier. Roman DeAngelis, is your job done for the Sebring 12-hour, are you going to get back in the car? Depends on Marco's feeling. <laughs> I'm uh, a little bit tired, so I hope that, <laughs> hope that it's done, but um, no, Marco's, Marco's done a great job. We're leading now, just trying to see what happens with the strategy. Um, seems like a third of the field has done one thing, and everybody's kind of scattered all over with strategy, so just trying to see how we can make it work for us um, and I'm sure you know there, there's still a chance for more cautions with all the carnage that's been going on so we'll see what happens it's pretty crazy what goes on in the dark around the track I mean only the fans really know right and and some drivers occasionally yeah I mean uh, definitely on the infield there's some crazy yeah. stuff going on um, and I think the the yeah. on-track stuff's been uh, been on par with that this weekend um, been a, a chaotic uh, 12 hours today already um, so the last hour is probably going to be the, the craziest, so I'm looking forward to it. You've won Petite, you've won the Glen, you've won Daytona. What would it mean to win Sebring? A lot, yeah. Need to uh, definitely need to check this one off. We have a, a really good, really good day today. Um, I've had a couple of podiums here, second and a third, so hope to hope to get a first. But if it's not our day, it's not our day, and we'll just collect some points, and that's it. Good luck. Thank you. IMSA Radio. Hi, I'm Corey Lewis, driver of the number one Paul Miller Racing BMW GT3, and you're listening to IMSA Radio. IMSA Radio. And we're coming down to the last hour of motor racing. Still a huge amount of flashing lights at turn one as the tyre barrier needs to be rebuilt. Jeremy and I just listening to those interviews, and great to hear Gunnar Jeanette, by the way. He's always got some great stories, hasn't he? But just wondering, we're not too far away, but if you're not at the sharp end of, let's say, the GTD Pro or the GTD field, is it worth, Jeremy, now just popping into the pit and brim-filling and thinking to yourself, we might be able to get to the end of here with a few laps of yellow? Well, you know, the, uh, the GTD cars, most of those were in during this caution period, so they've only done four or five laps, they did one lap of green 
uh, and then uh, four or five laps of yellow. If this goes on for another ten, you know, five minutes or so, they could probably get to the end. Number 62 Ferrari, however, well, number nine, number 79, and number 62 in GTD Pro, they're definitely going to need another stop unless there's a huge long caution. In um, GTD, number 27, number 91, and number one to top three cars, well, top five cars, number 77, 78, they did not pit during this uh, last caution period. So the first uh, five cars, they're going to need a stop, and you might want to get that done sooner rather than later. But then again, uh, you know, that's a gamble. For, for, the, for the GTP cars out front, that is kind of interesting because uh, I think they, they're going to need a stop. Uh, and if you make your stop now, I, I would imagine that none of, nobody has a whole heck of a lot of t- fresh tyres left over by, by now after many pit stops we've had. Most I bet everybody's well. got one set. I bet everybody's still got one set. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'd be curious to know because there's, there's been more pit stops than, than you would have kind of anticipated if it had gone all green. Certainly, yeah, a lot, more, a lot yeah. more pit stops. Um, that is and true. Yeah, they, they made anything between 13 and 18 stops during this race. Uh, I think uh, Philip Albuquerque should be in pretty good shape. Um, but uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what the what situation is the Porsche number 18 car. Uh, number seven, six car running in third position. That's been 18 stops during this race. Uh, Shane Monk out of the 66 grid and Acura. A little bit different one for you here. We've already spoken to Mark and, and Catherine, and we understand you know that damage repair has cost performance for the car. Um, you know, relatively inexperienced driver at this level. How do you keep your motivation, knowing that you know you're a second off the pace and you're never going to grab that back because the car's down on the straight line? It's tough. Um, you know, it, at this point, we're not really fighting for much except for trying to keep some championship points and, you know, make sure everybody gets their drive time just so we walk away with something. And we're thinking the long game right now. Um, but for me, I, I actually joked to, uh, you know, the, the guys while I was in the car, I said, this actually feels more akin to what I'm used to driving in a GT4 car because, you know, I'm used to not having very much downforce. So I actually felt like I was able to adapt pretty quickly pretty quickly to the change and you know get as close as i could to catherine and mark in their pace and i suppose it's the spirit of endurance racing it's about getting to the finish and 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 hoping the worst happens to your competitors maybe um you know i don't wish badly on anybody but yeah i mean i think there's going to be some exciting racing now to finish um finish up the event and so hopefully we can benefit and you know our jg wentworth acura nsx can move up a couple spots but you know we've just incurred so much damage you know the front was a problem then we got hit in the rear we lost some lights and had to you know uh for technical reasons and safety reasons imsa wanted us to pit and fix that and so we were actually on the lead lap despite all of the damage and then unfortunately it just when the the darkness came um they felt like it was a safety hazard and so it it, it took a couple laps for us to get the lights somewhat functioning Thank you, Shane. I'm sure we'll be back, you guys. Going back to grey, there was no class split there. Back to green flag racing, so there's all kinds of traffic mixed in here. After the pit stops and the way buys through the first corner, Philippe Nazar in second, Mathieu Javanier, the two Porsches running together, and they've cleared the other prototype that is in there. 
as is the number 31. That's Jack Aitken. Jordan Pepper into the pit lane for the number 63, Iron Lynx Lamborghini Huracan. It will be fuel and tyres for that car. And I reckon they must think they can go to the end from here. Now, this is a huge penalty for the number seven. This is the better placed of the two Penske Porsche. A Porsche Penske Motorsports car working outside the pink box. She had a drive-through. It was about two feet beyond the edge of their pit box, and this is consistent with the penalty that was called earlier on the 18-era Motorsport LMP2 car as well. The fuel nozzle was attached, and the car was a solid two feet beyond the edge of its box. So this is consistency from race control with this penalty. Was that because there were other cars around it, or had they just no, run long? doesn't matter. If you are outside of your box, you're outside of your box. And if you're doing service, that is a drive-thru. Yeah, but I, I was, I'm not for the cause, necessar not necessarily to mitigate. Well, yes, the sister car was pitted behind it, but it didn't. I don't believe it came in behind the sister car. No, I think it came in in front of it. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Yeah, all right, thanks, shit. Well, that's going to take that car out of it for the time being. Uh, no service to be performed on that car as it comes through does it peel off this time it does not I'm not sure I'd be like to be the one on the radio to Felipe Nazar he can see a win ahead of him he can see the top step of the podium ahead of him it's just one car and that's Philippe Albuquerque. Well, it's not, actually. They changed positions. Oh, they have. Jamais has got ahead yeah. of Nasser on that lap. Right, well, maybe that's four brand-new tyres for Jamais at that uh, last stop into the pits in LMP3 for Nico Varone and AWA. That'll be their last stop as well. Daniel Sura jumps out of line in the GTD Pro Battle out of third place. Risi Competition are heading for the pit lane for their last stop. So is Antonio Garcia. This might, these will just be splashes of fuel. Uh, so it's just fuel for Daniel Serra in recent competition. In meantime, out in the darkness, side-by-side -side action. Porsche on the Acura side-by-side, -side, sliding around both cars. This is for the lead of the motor race. Off the track, there's a touch, there's another touch. All of a sudden, I'm back in 2007 as they come through to turn 13, though, this time. And a change of lead, Porsche, number six, Mathieu Jamini leads but only for a moment down the inside a huge throw down the inside that's not going to stand he's forced him off the track there Albuquerque forced him off the track at 15 there was no way he was getting through unless he hit the car and Jaminet had to pull out of the way or be sideswiped there I'm not sure that will be allowed to stand there's racing there's hard racing and then there's intimidation. Oh, there's another car off. Uh, that's a Lamborghini. And it's, I think it's the Forte car. Into the wall. Now, race control will have to have a look at that. Because you know that Porsche are going to be on the telephone straight away. It's the 70... 78 isn't it that car I'm pretty I'm yeah. pretty, pretty certain it's the Forte machine so Philip Albuquerque back in the lead after losing the lead 
some stalwart defending by him and some great driving by Chamonix to get alongside but coming through anywhere else on the track that would have been a huge accident a huge accident so it's another off-track moment at turn one that then has turned into an off-track moment I think at turn three yes it's exactly what Whoops. happened ran on with dirty tyres yeah. 78 car yes absolutely meantime in the pits WeatherTech with a new set of tyres a brand new set of tyres as well for WeatherTech this has got everybody coming in we, we haven't gone yellow yet have we no still green yeah, so Yuka Daly comes in there, fresh tyres for him, waiting for the last of the fuel to go on board this car. You can get to the end from there, no question about it. Number, number nine car, though, it did not, elected not to come in. Uh, that's the Patrick Pele Faf Motorsport car. Yuka Daly in and out. Remember, the 62 Daniel Tuxera Risi Competizione, they just did a splash of fuel, as did Jordan Pepper for Iron Links. They're, they're expecting a yellow flag on a full cost caution. Reese did take tyres, I'm hearing now, for Sarah. Thought it was just a splash of fuel. Into the pit lane, Felipe Nazar for his drive through, and Jack Aiken follows him in. This will be for a splash of fuel. So now. NASA gets his drive-through done and we still haven't gone full course yellow he's lost absolutely nothing in fact he's going to come out in third place I think yes he is assuming there is a full course caution of course well has, has the 78 car moved I'm guessing it must have done it, it must have done they can't leave, leave it there it's shown has stopped like. stopped on the racetrack though Well, it's driver's side towards the track. And pits are closed now. Full course yellow. Full course yellow. As Jack Aiken came out. So Felipe Nazar, his penalty is negated. And he'll restart in, I think, in third. Yes, he will. He'll start in third. This will be presumably... A quick yellow, so we won't go through everything. This is for the number 7840 Lamborghini Huracan, which uh, has Loris Spinelli at the wheel. Loris has done exactly the right thing and not moved. He sat in the car all through this yeah. Forte racing. Would have been pretty scary. Four. Is that two or three? Two laps? Three yeah, laps? A couple of laps at least. He's That all started for Loris when he put his right-hand side Michelin's off the circuit at turn number one. All right, coming up, we'll announce our recipient of the BDO Nose Strategy Award. And we're looking for your questions. Hashtag Michelin PRT. Questions, suggestions, points arising. Hashtag Michelin PRT. Exclusively live on RS2 at the end of our broadcast.
Wow. Real drama with relatively quick succession. The number 60 accurate. Coming to a halt. Tom Blomqvist at the wheel. He stopped twice over there at that part of the circuit. Once with a dead engine and once with a three-wheeled accurate. Pietro Fittipaldi. Loose rear wheel maybe causing the significant accident at turn number one. Was it pulled off as he went across the kerbs and could have just been sitting under the wheel arch of course and now Morris Spinelli in the Forte Racing Arrow Lamborghini the number 78 sideways into the tyre barriers at turn 3-4 Wow. So, who stopped there at the front of the field, Jeremy? Just the two, the number seven car, which of course was a penalty, so, oh, he, didn't so he didn't stop. Really, right. just the number 31 car. Right, so they've splashed. Yeah, so they should be good for, they, for fuel now to the end. They're going to be fine. Yeah. And they're full rich. They yeah. can go full rich. Yeah, they're looking in really good shape right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm With surprised. Jack at the wheel as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Bo Barfield gave the other leaders an opportunity to come in there. Yes, he did. And they elected not to do so, and I think that could backfire on them. Sheesh, it's all happening, isn't it? So the Corvette now is up to third place in the class in... Uh, Yes. GCD Pro. Now, don't forget, Daniel Serra stopped. Fuel and new tyres. Daniel Yunkadea did the same. So the 79, the 62, the WeatherTech and Reese cars gave up track position for additional fuel and new tyres. Jordan Pepper jumped into the pits as well, from memory, for Iron Links. Um, off the back of the last caution, but I think he was just fuel. Or was it fuel and tyre share for Jordan? Can you remember? I think Jordan was fuel and tyres. Yeah. Uh, Scott McLaughlin was the other one who came in the pits that was relevant. That was from the LMP2, yeah. and that was fuel only for the eight-tower motorsport LMP2. Okay. Don't think they can quite go from here. They're about 30, 39, 40 minutes, the P2s, Jeremy. Yeah. We yeah, this in, but, in, but coming uh, now, you know, it's going to be a, a several minutes to clear this up. It'll be it'll be awfully tight. Yeah, number not. eight car just came in, so that's going to need less fuel than everybody else. But uh, but you know, it is still on the lead lap. Yeah, I think if I'm yet. Scott McLaughlin and Tower Motorsports, yeah, fourth of the four cars. I'm watching what's going on. There's no sense in coming in now because they haven't even picked the car up yet. I'm not going to come into the pit lane until the Arrow Lamborghini is on the back of the flatbed and rolling. And that's the point I'm going to dive in. The pass around is happening now. Where does yeah, this there benefit? There shouldn't be much of that. I was going to say, there's not that many, is there? No. Because we're only, we're only we a couple of laps under. Didn't do the, prototype, the full prototype split last time. So the oh, true, that's a good point, isn't it? Yeah, so, the, so this, there was this a few mixed in that. So this might just tidy things up. 
Yeah, we're, we're still 40, 46 minutes away from the end of the race, so because the last one was a short yellow, this one won't be, so the pits will be opened. But I don't think they have been yet, have they? They're not open just now. But should, should be open next time around for anybody who wants to make a stop, I think. And this is a shame. It's all got a bit ugly all of a sudden, hasn't it, this race? With three consecutive caution periods. Joe Bradley has just... In fact, I'll bring you in on this, Joe. Just say again what you've just said in my ear. I'm, I'm all for these 11 and a half hour qualifying sessions in a 35 minute sprint. <laughs> we did it at the Glen last year, can you remember? Yeah, very good. Awesome. It does build to this. Uh, there's nothing manufactured about this one. Um, there was no choice from race control other than to throw the yellow. Bob Barfield gave the leading cars again, as he did at the accurate caution. All a chance to come into the pit lane. Nick Yellowly has not been able to get back on the lead lap, of course, in that BMW. Another note here, the, the number 30 car that was involved in that incident at yes. Turn 1, um, they made it back to the pits, but uh, no further. No. So that car has... Uh, so that's now what, dropped eight, out of the top five. nine cars out, I reckon, now, isn't it? So Pietro Fittipaldi, the 51 car, Rick Ware Racing, that car's out. The number 60, Acura's out, that's two. They're going to try and come back out with that 60, Acura, I'm hearing. Uh, the junior, in fact, as I say that, that car comes back onto pit road from behind the paddock. The junior three racing is out. Loris Spinelli, the Forte Racing... Lamborghini, number 78, is out. The Cadillac, number 01, has officially retired, as has Andretti Autosports Ligier, the number 36. Winward as well. Now, this is interesting. The leaders are in the pit lane. This will be just a, pla a splash of fuel. And the top three in... LMP2 as well. Don't expect to see any tyres here, Shea Adam. Oh, but I am seeing tyres. Splash no of fuel and four scuffed tyres going on to the number six for Matthew Jamine. Splash of fuel and four scuffed tyres going on to the number 10, Conic wow. to Acura. So it is a fair and even fight between Albuquerque and Jamine. And who gets rolling first? That would be the Porsche. They've jumped that Acura in the pit lane. They're going to have to stop because the red lights are on at the end of pit lane, so it's not going to be a huge lead, and we're behind the safety car anyway. The top three in LMP2 came in, the 04 CrowdStrike, Nolan Siegel-driven car, TDS by uh, Orica, uh, 11 Scott Huffaker car, and the PR1 Matheson Motorsport, the 52. So Scott McLaughlin, who uh, had pitted just before the yellows came out, uh, will cycle through into the lead of the race. And Aero Motorsport, Christian Rasmussen, is, was back on the lead lap after the last one. I think he's second. I think they've gone through. Uh, no, I think Rasmussen's still lap down, isn't he? Uh, not on Scott McLaughlin. He's he was 13 seconds behind him in the queue. Uh, we'll see. Um, those cars have just been released from the pit. 
Who else came in there? Nobody. Okay. No, so this is going to put Philippe and Asher in the lead, there, isn't it? What? Why have we lost the... No, we haven't. That's all right. That was just a timing glitch. NASA didn't pit that time around. Maybe the Porsches don't want to repeat their problem of pitting the same at the same time. And Shea, Adam, is there any sign that Felipe Nasser will come in? Yes, there is a big sign. Uh, mechanics, six of them standing up on the wall. Only four will come over the wall. Uh, refueling nozzle in hand and four new Michelin tires. New so, yep, Michelin tires. They look shiny to me. I mean, I'm, I'm over on the pit wall. I can uh, scramble over. Hang on just a sec. Across the pit lane. Do, 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 nothing to see here. Uh, yes, those are new. They have the lines from the mold. They're right. brand new Michelins. Porsche case the race. In our Michelin countdown of green, have a new set for the end. Wow, they've managed to save a set for Porsche Penske Motorsport number six. Jack Aiken then will cycle through, I think, to the front of the field here. Oh. We will now get the GT cars coming through. So this is going to take another lap or so because this had to be a longer yellow because we'd had the short one, the previous one. We're going to get, I reckon, just over 30 minutes of a run to the end in the 71st annual Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. Right, get the popcorn, everybody. Shuffle up. Here we go. This is going to be the dash for glory. Maybe the gallop for glory if we would be slightly more alliterative. Sheesh. Sheesh. So I'd be really surprised if there isn't, if we go green from the, from here to the end. But uh, there is our 24th lead change as Philippe Nasso comes across the line in the lead of the race in car number seven. It was the uh, at the time it was the sixth different car to, to become a race leader since then. Number 25 cars led a few laps, but that's still or is it one lap? Has it now got the wave around? What is? I'm not sure where it was in relation to uh, NASA on the road. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, it would have been at the back of the GT. Ah, oh, we didn't do the, the prototype split. Uh, yeah, so... The cars are so close together on the tracker, I can't pick it out. I'll try and see the next time it goes by. Just sort of that down. Right, everybody. We are getting down towards half an hour to go. Clear up at turn three. 
is complete. This is the final wave by. Now, if you're going to stop now, it's when you hammer around after the final wave by and get into the pits. Do you splash your fuel and tyres and then try and get back onto the back of the field before we go green? So who's come round? Yeah, the 25's been released, Jeremy. So yeah. Nick Yellowley is on the Ullman straight at the moment, also getting a wave by to get a lap back will be Ed Jones for high-class racing. That's going to put him back on the lead lap in LMP2. Those two are on no, the back straight together. I think he'll be one lap down, but Rasmussen will be back on the lead lap in car number 18. There's another car there as well. Right, who's that who's just gone through? That was the number 18. Yeah, so that is back on lead, like Christian Rasmussen, there, as you said. There goes the number 20. Yeah, which is a lap down. Okay. 25 comes then. into the pits. Nick Yellowly, exactly. Now, this is great. BMW team, RLL. This is the flexible strategy we talked about. Now, Porsche keys to race and Michelin capped out the... The great. Now, have they saved a new shiny set of Michelins? They're very shiny. Even <laughs> in this darkness, they are very shiny. So for Nick Yellily, BMW giving him every fighting chance that they possibly can. He is full of energy. They have pulled the fuel nozzle out, and it was just waiting on the tire change. So Nick is going to have the advantage of also getting some heat into those brand new Michelins on these couple of laps as he catches up to the rest of the field. Yeah, there's, there's going to be one more lap of yellow because they're just doing the class split now and the safety car is coming to turn 17 so they're not going to release them this time Yellowly is rolling and so he'll be able to drive round and drive straight past everybody also getting his tyres up to temperature and pressure the V-Series Cadillac IMSA edition is leading them round so Shea am I right in saying then that Jaminet oh into the pits for NASA NASA's pulled into the pits as well so they're all playing the game now. Well, and Nasser is the one who's getting these brand new Michelins that are ran off the pit wall to check the authenticity of their lack of usage, which is 100%. They are brand new. Nasser in. He stops on his marks. Fuel nozzle is attached, and we are going to work changing the tires. Shank is also back out. Do you need to mention that? As that car goes to rejoin, and will be the first car waiting at the pit exit for the red light to come off. Yep, fuel nozzle came out a little bit early, too, on the Porsche. But the good news is the tire change still going on. Ooh, windshield tear off for Felipe Nasser. That's really nice. And away he goes. You can hear it in the background a little bit with the electric motor. We did. So who's got new tires than Shane? Nick Yellily in the 25 BMW. Nick Yellily, Felipe Nasser in the number seven for Porsche Penske Motorsport. And relatively new tires for Mathieu Jaminet in the number six Porsche Penske Motorsport. And again, Felipe Al Philippe Albuquerque in the number I thought, 10. I thought, I thought you said he put scrubs on. Uh, they were scrubs for Jamini, I believe it was. Right. Okay. Well, we are now seeing a massive game of poker being played. The class split, split is happening yeah. now. So those cars can drive back through the field and to the front. The GTPs will be able to drive past through, through to the front of the field. If they can catch up. <laughs> <laughs> They'll catch up, Jeremy. Yeah. 
they will catch up. They'll sure want that... this doing before the start of the next lap. I think the safety car will be in at the start of the next lap. At the end of this lap, I would think, wouldn't it be? Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. The end of this lap, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. yeah. To, to restart. Right. So there'll be the just, the just, just over half an hour to go. Th 31 minutes or so will be remaining in the race. And Safety the 31 car, car with Jack Aitken has a track position, which is uh, what it would like. Uh, sitting right behind Aitken. 25th lead change. Right. They are one. coming to turn 12 and 13 now, tower turn. It's been 87 laps since the 31 car was in the lead last. I.e. a long time. Well, the Acura number 60 is on the back of the queue. The Porsche number 7 is on the back of the queue. Nick Yellowly, I think, is on the back of the queue. Uh, in LMP2, Scott McLaughlin leads for Tower. Number eight, then Paul Loop Shatdown, then Norland Siegel, all in the same lap. Then TDS, Mikkel Jensen, on the same lap. Christian Rasmussen got his lap back. Ed Jones still one lap off the lead. LMP3, 74 Riley, Philippe Fraga from AWA, Matthew Bell. Timon van der Heel, Helm. 85 JDC. Ooh. Now, how did Philippe Fraga get a lap on the rest of the LMP2 field? LMP3 field, excuse me. Uh, because of the shunt for the... Um, uh, thir number 30 car. Yeah. It was a lap ahead of number 13 and 85. Yeah. Okay. GTD Pro, FAF Motorsport, Porsche... Followed by Vassar Sullivan Lexus and the Corvette right in there. Here we go. On the nosy, 32 and a half minutes. Green flag for the 71st annual Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. Well, whatever you've got, you've got to bring it now. Jack Aitken leads them into the darkness with Mattia Jaminet in the Porsche Penske Motorsport 963 behind. Porsches look nowhere earlier on. And now they're second and fourth. Jaminet right with the wheel and car. That Porsche, very good at the start of the stints, and turn seven's going to have to be a big defensive move from Jack Aitken. Is he going to pull over to the right-hand side? You bet he is. That'll compromise his exit. Here comes Jaminet. Philippe Albuquerque not backwards. He's coming forward. But made a little mistake there in the lead two. Get away. The Porsche then with the... Big red light, dives to the inside, tries to cut off down into turn 10. Can he hold that outside line? No, he can't. Then he'll go wide to the right-hand side and cut back. Now he's got to hold on and he'll be on the inside. Oh, he's pushed him off the track. Oh, my goodness, this is getting feisty. But the Porsche comes back at 13. That was the obvious move. Can he hold on to it? Yes, he can. And this time, he won't be denied. Porsche lead at Sebring. And the 71st running of the Mobile One 12 hours. Here comes a battle for second as Albuquerque once again forces a car off at turn 15. He's decided not to go through this time. I think he must have been on the ragged edge of being called for the last one. And he lifted off there and allowed Jack Aitken to go back into the position. So redressed himself 
before he was called. Felipe Nazar sitting right in behind, and the heart of racing Aston is off. 30 minutes and 33 seconds to go. The 27 car three wide across the line, and it was a I think it was the 10 car that led across the line and he goes into the first corner but he's going to go wide the Porsche will cut back well that was extraordinary we know how quick that Acura is and the leader at the restart is down in fourth place and that's the uh, Jack Aitken Cadillac super speed super slippery Philippe Albuquerque off the final corner, absolutely nailed the other two as if they were chained to a tree. And that might be all she wrote here. Albuquerque in the second. Now the heart of racing, Aston, is moving. But that car looks too badly damaged. It's got left front steering damage. Can we get it behind a wall somewhere? He's out of control right in front of the leaders. Albuquerque up the second then ahead of the Porsche and the wheel and engineering car. That was the three that were battling behind Mathieu Jaminet. The six Porsche still leading it. And now Philippe Albuquerque sets off in pursuit of Mathieu Jaminet in the six car. He's quick. The other loser in that restart was number three Corvette to the back of the pack wow. of those six cars that they're battling for the lead in GCD Pro. So, from third big, to sixth. Big incident for the Aston Martin with damage. And I wonder if the Corvette was involved there. They were coming up behind, uh, clipped. Yeah, it was the uh, Lamborghini, 63 Lamborghini and the Corvette that were battling together and the Aston Martin clipped the back of the Lamborghini, went off to driver's left and broke the steering arm. Twenty-eight minutes to go. We're hearing that that 27 car is off at turn 12. The leaders are coming through turn 5. I still can't believe that Philippe Albuquerque threaded the needle through the middle of Philippe Nasser and Jack Aiken. Mathieu Jaminet then still leads, but on locks up down into turn seven. Coming through to where the heart of racing car is, he's off to driver's right. Trying to get that car to the cutout. Now Philippe Nasser is fighting back and Albuquerque does not have the same kind of performance on the twisty bits. They must have really trimmed that Acura out. The Porsche closing in. They've gone past where the heart of racing car is stopped. And I couldn't see it beside the side of the circuit. So maybe we'll stay green here. Love this time of night. You know how hard these guys are pushing. The brake discs glowing bright red. Third position for Philippe Nasser. And hearing from race control that our marvellous marshals have managed to get the Marco Sorensen car 27 out of harm's way. So we stay in green. 27 minutes to go. Top three pulling away just a little bit. Jack Aiken can't live with them in the Cadillac. 
Yeah, isn't that interesting? I mean, the Cadillac's been the class of the field pretty much all weekend long, but it's now Porsche leading from Acura from Porsche in third, and the uh, surviving Cadillac in fourth position, and as you say, falling back two and a half seconds, lost uh, the better part of a second on that last lap to the three leaders. At RSL underscore studio, hashtag Michelin PRT, lots to talk about here. <laughs> the incident that cost Hart Racing and Marco Sorensen also when he hit the back of the 63 Lamborghini I think that pushed him into the Corvette and that's how Antonio Garcia got pushed back to 6th position that may cost them a shot of the victory it's Faf Motorsport leading GTD Pro for Porsche then Jack Hawksworth Vassa Sullivan Lexus, then Mercedes AMG GT3, WeatherTech Racing. But they're all very close together there in GTD. Madison Snow to the front. Yeah. Brilliant BMW for Paul Miller Racing. Two. BMW 1 2. Two seconds between the Paul Miller number one and the 96 of Robbie Foley. Julian Andlau sitting in third for Kelly Moss with Riley in the 92 car. What a run that's been. Frederick Shardov in fourth position in the 70 Inception Racing car. The GTD Pro category looking great as well. And Scott McLaughlin has cleared off. He's got three seconds on Mikkel Jensen in second. He's got three seconds in Paul Luke Shatt and TDS and PR1 there in second and third. But it's close with Nolan Siegel in fourth position in that crowd strike by APR car. Just half a second away from a spot on the podium. And at the top of the field, eight tenths of a second. Jaminé, pegged back by a tenth, if that, by Albuquerque last time around. Porsche, Acura, Porsche, Cadillac, BMW. Yellily beginning to come to life. He's right on the back of Jack Aitken now. That 31 car, Whelan Engineering. He's struggling. Rolling the dice and can't, can't do the times, Jeremy. Meantime, Shocking. 79, Daniel Yuncadella third. WeatherTech racing car looking at the back of Jack Hawksworth's Vassar Sullivan machine. And was he having a little go there? I don't think he was. 24 minutes still to go. Everybody fueled to the end. Chamonix, Albuquerque, Nazar, Aitken, Yellily. Oh, and a big problem. That's another Aston Martin, isn't it? In sixth, pos sixth position. Yeah, number 44 car. Yeah, it's the, it's, it is the, the Magnus Racing car. Andy Lally sparking, but will get to the pit lane. Something's given way in that car. Yeah, it's something to the right rear of that car, either a suspension or a tyre that's gone down. So a sixth position going there. And who does that help? Well, Aaron Tielitz will move up. Jan Halen will move up. Trent Hinman will move up. Kai van Berlo will move up. We stay great. 149.39 for the race leader, Matthew Jaminet. Just a, three tenths away from his fastest lap of the race. This is extraordinary. 
absolutely brilliant. I said, don't write any of the story headlines. Shea Adam tells me the 44 Aston, it was the right rear tyre. Big lock up again by the number 10 down at turn number seven, the hairpin. That's the second place car in the overall. Yeah, the quickest of those three leaders was the third place car of Felipe Nasser yeah. by just a Nats whisker. 49.295 for Felipe Nasser. Just uh, under two seconds between the top three at the moment, then two and a half back to Jack Aiken. He's being caught now by Yellowly. BMW M Team RLL off the lead lap after that rear brake change. They had to give up track position. They're fighting back. Wow. What a restart by Scott McLaughlin, by the way. For Tower Motorsports, now pulled out three seconds on Mickle Jensen. For TDS, so the eight tower car, the orange, black and white car heading through the S's at the back of the circuit, the Jean de Bian bends down to the Le Mans turn 16, the right hander that brings them on to the Ullman straight. Very dark back there. Third is still Paul Loup Chatan. He's under pressure though from Nolan Siegel. The crowd strike racing by APR cars being in the top three seemingly for the whole race and now he's battling to get back into a podium position yep and Christian Rasmussen right there also yes. in that number 18 car for Era Motorsport the three cars within about a second and a half incident responsibility with Magnus is going to be a drive through penalty for the number 32 car that's Mickey Grenier for Team Kortoff. Oh, they've been right at the front all the way through. So that's where the puncture came from. That'll take them out of contention. Don't start trying to work your points out yet, Jeremy. Or if you do, do them in pencil. I thought the 32 car was ahead of the 44, so... Okay. BDO, nose strategy. Have Porsche played a blinder here? It is Roger Penske, first and third at the moment. And, and Philippe Nasser trying to upgrade that to a to a one-two for Penske Porsche Motorsports. And looking pretty good in GTG Pro as well with Patrick Pile, long-time Porsche factory driver in the lead GTG Pro in the FAF uh, 992 Porsche. Yeah, good point, Jeremy. It's BMW to the four in GTD. Two seconds still between Paul Miller Racing and Turner Motorsport. Hashtag Michelin PRT for our after show. I tell you what, if Porsche have pulled this off, that is genius. It really is. A new set of tyres for each of their cars, or nearly new for one and brand new for the other. Here comes the battle for the lead, and the lead is held up. Here's the opportunity, Ooh, and there's a touch, there's dear, another touch. Dear, 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 and dear. that is going to be off the circuit. A huge incident, and he's driven straight into the Porsche. And the other Porsche's gone over the top. Both Porsches are out. Both Porsches are out. I, this could be BMW's race. BMW, I think, got through that. I'm not sure Jack Aiken did. Pits are closed. Oh, that, that's going to take some unwinding. The 62 Risi Ferrari involved in that as well. 
in GTD Pro, Daniel Serra. I think both Porsches are there, and the seven car ran over the six. It appears that the 31's got through, and I think Nick Yellily did as well. The leader held up coming through turn one. Mathieu Jamin here, Philippe Albuquerque, cut back to the inside. Now, Albuquerque has been very, very aggressive all the time, but this time he was the one on the outside. Now, he's hip-checked a couple of people in turn 14 and 15, and he allowed the redress with Aitken, wasn't it, the last time around that that happened? But the two Porsches, I think the seven ran over the six and got airborne. Now this could well end the motor race. There's at least three cars. Wayne Taylor is absolutely apoplectic with rage. He was right there and he just pushed him off. The leader gets caught behind a couple of cars. Albuquerque comes one way, then the other. There is a touch. And then after that, it's carnage. Yeah. Albuquerque straight through. Now, he might not have been in control of the car there. Certainly didn't seem any effort at retardation. The brake lights weren't on. He goes round the outside, cuts back. It was the Corvette right in there as well. And the Risi Competizione car. Yeah, the brake lights go on and off and on and off. So he did try to stop, but there was no stopping that. Both Porsches caught up in it. Risi Competizione car was spinning on its own. Well, in, in the melee, I think... I, uh, I, don't, I don't think he was spinning it, on his own. He, he was... Uh, yeah, I don't think that was the prototype that hit him, though. That was my point. Yeah, fair comment. I think he was having his own battle. So Aitken did make it through. So, was there a clip on the... Yeah, I think there was a clip between the Corvette and the 62 Risi Competizione. The 77 right Volt Porsche goes through as well. The overhead might give us a better look. It was the slightest of touch on look, Albuquerque. Uh, yeah, and they're all dicing amongst themselves, yeah. aren't they? I mean, you know, I don't think you can they're, really pin the blame no. on anybody for no, that. No, 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 no. Corvette, I think, was involved there as well. In GTD Pro, Faf Motorsports got through, Vasa Sullivan got through, I think Juncadella got through. Risi Competizione spun but got around. Uh, the EMR safety crew have got drivers out. I can see Philippe Albuquerque and one of the Porsche Penske drivers. They're in the back of the Porsche Cayenne GTS. And Wayne Taylor puts his hands to his head. That was a solid top three, possibly a win that's disappeared. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, he was right in contention for the win there. That's but big it's points just, that they're just such a shame to, to have a, uh, what a fantastic motor race end under a cloud like this one. I'm not, I'm not necessarily blaming anybody. That was just no. so much traffic going through turn one. It was just a mess. Uh, but that's, you know, that's part and parcel of endurance racing with, with uh, all these different classes. And Jack Aitken could win this. Well, yeah, he should could do win now. this for Cadillac. Absolutely. With Nick Yellowly in 
second. There's a lot of damage there. It's going to take, we're still, what, just under 15 minutes remaining in this race. I don't think we've got enough recovery vehicles. Oh, that's a good point. We've got two cars cranked up in the air. Remember, there's two Porsches in there. Um, I'm trying to work out what's happening in GTD Pro. Patrick Pele is definitely I leading. Think the, the only guy who's come out who, who's... That's a good point, actually. Who have we lost? Did I think the McLaren the get through? I, I, yeah, I think, think all the GTD Pro's got through, actually. Sarah was facing the wrong direction. He had a spin because he was side by side with Antonio Garcia and I think they were having their own ding dong to be honest yeah, I'm not sure those two have made it back around there have they well, we'll see in a moment yeah. 32 penalty for the incident with the 44 we talked about that before pass around is starting um, the vet The Corvette, just take one more look before we talk to Wayne Taylor. Trying to find out what happens with the Risi Ferrari. Could have been hit by a Porsche. I think so, the number six uh, And then car, that bounced it into yeah. the Corvette. Big damage by for all of those cars. Great avoidance by the number 77. Uh, right, vault car. Trent Hinman managed to pick his way through that. Joe Bradley is with Wayne Taylor. Wayne, you've been a driver at this level yourself. You know what it takes and things like this happen, don't they? Yeah, you know, I'm very proud of Philippe for what he did. Um, you know, I'm, I, I can only go by what, what I saw and what he said. On the, said. Um, good thing is he's okay. It's just very upsetting for you know, for this whole team and for Acura and HPD because we had a, we just had a great car all day. And um, that's sort of, you just don't expect that kind of thing to happen at this level. But, um, you know, all we can do is um, prepare for the next one. It happens. Thank you, Wit. Well... We're going to have an MP2 car, an overall podium here. Uh, yes, we are. Scott McLaughlin is going to bring the Tower Motorsports car around. Uh, it was getting feisty way before that. Yeah. Um, and Albuquerque had been dishing it out as well. Let's not forget, he pushed a couple of cars off at turn uh, 14. He redressed one of them. I thought he was lucky to get away with the first pass. That was for the lead as well, wasn't it? 11 and a half minutes to go. Side-by-side -side contact like that, really, really hard. It was very, very slight. And something obviously broke on the Acura that meant Philippe couldn't get the car stopped. And after that, he was just an unguided missile. Nothing he could do. Can't blame the, the GT cars up ahead. They were having their own scrap. They were battling... The position, Daniel Serra and Antonio Garcia. George so, Pepper was there in the Iron Lynx number 63 as well. So the Corvette and the Ferrari did manage to get out of that, yes, so they, they are still going. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, well done. 
And they are still on the lead lap. Yeah. The Corvette had to go between two wrecked 963s in the wall, whereas the Ferrari was facing in the wrong direction, let a few cars go through and did a flick turn. Oh, we're going to get back to racing here. Scott McLaughlin just needs to stay out of trouble, could win this race overall. Yeah, yeah no kidding. And uh, Andy Lally, by the way, uh, is, is, uh, was, he's managed to, to stay on the lead lap, having uh, changed that that tyre. It looked like uh, the, their race might be done, but um, they're not. Uh, they're, they're down in ninth position, but still on the lead lap. Yeah, that was just a change of the right rear tyre, and they got them straight back out yeah, of it. It looked worse than that, didn't it, as it, it came in? It looked like something had broken. Yeah. Uh, and the court of Mercedes still has not, or AMG has still not answered the call. Oh, I think that came, that, came, that came into the pits oh, right it? before the yellow, yeah. Okay, thank yeah, you. that's why it's at the back of that. At back of that train, last car on the lead lap now, tenth position. Michael Grenier cleared from the timing screen again. Uh, we have a quick look. Yeah, true. No, it, it came in. It came in on lap just before we went to, to um, yellow again. Okay. Up to ninety-three. We are on two ninety-three eleven at the moment. We're seventeen done. And what nine minutes remaining? Hmm. Still a fair bit of cleanup to go. Got a lot of cleanup still to go. Feisty multi-class racing of expensive cars. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was just thinking exactly the same thing. Uh, next, we're at Long Beach. Yeah, that would be a nice car, wouldn't it? Yeah, seeing some more footage and some stills now. Thanks to Chris Matthews and Alan Prosser. Does appear that the what was the lead Porsche, Matthew Jaminet. Hit the back of the Risi Competizione car, which bounced that car around and then also turned the Corvette. They were battling for they were battling for second and third. Yes. No. Third and fourth. No, they were far, farther back than that. They were actually three, four, fifth, and sixth. All oh, right. Okay. They were behind the number sixty-three Lamborghini. All right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, pick the bones out of that as they say. Or pick the carbon fibre out of that. Um, considerations whilst we're in this yellow team for our BDO nose strategy. Doesn't have to go to the winner's or even the top class, so have a quick think about that. Um, Joe Bradley. Can I pick Imza for these regulations? That's, yeah. Well, the balance of performance pretty good at the uh, right the way through, haven't they? Let's be honest. All manufacturers have led in GTP. We've had a cracking run in LMP2. 
and LMP3 and GTD Pro and Arm. Saw nearly a perfect run for Albuquerque. Could have been much worse. Could have been much could worse, have. that accident. Really could have. Not from Porsche's perspective, it couldn't. No. Well, the cars could be fixed, Jeremy. Oof, yeah. we, we had Albuquerque bouncing over the inside kerb, unfortunately coming back down again before you hit the Porsche. Yeah. And then we had... So that was low down. And then we had the 7 Porsche. Check that, the 6 Porsche being run over by an out-of-control 7 Porsche that had a broken front end. So, Joe says, Imsa for the ranks. Shea Adam, strategy-wise. Joe Bradley, do you, uh, you said that half in joke. BDO knows strategy awards. Where, did, where does your vote go right now? Yeah, I think I'm going to go for Paul Miller Racing and now they nurse that uh, brake pedal. And they could have chosen to, you know, uh, change brakes and they didn't and they are still at the head of that uh, class. Was it, the, it was the Turner Motorsport uh, car that did change. That did, yeah. be second. So That's finishing second, yeah. So <laughs> we're, seeing, we're seeing both sides of that, absolutely. Shea, BTO, Nose Strategy Award? Uh, seconded, but for a different reason. Look at the time since last pit for the cars that are in first and second. It's nearing two hours. Ah. So the BMWs just stayed out and stayed out and stayed out. And so did the Porsche in third, as a matter of fact, Julian Anlauer for Kelly Moss with Riley's potential first podium. Yeah, very good. Like that. Safety car is in. We're going to get a five-minute dash. Massive restart by Jack Aiken. He's not leaving anything to chance. As he goes across the line and into turn number one for the number 31 wheel and engineering Cadillac. We thought the Cadillac might be favourite this weekend because of how it rode the bumps. Well, it's come down to something very different. Cadillac versus BMW. Did we think that? No, absolutely not. Now, can Scott McLaughlin... He can't, he can't get on the podium from here because there's only, he's got four laps to make up and there's only four minutes left. Uh, no. Oh no, he's only one lap behind the cars that have stopped no, now. He'll, he'll go yeah. past this lap. Yeah, he'll go past this lap, excuse me, misreading that. The Matthew Jaminer will finish third in GTP for Porsche, that's the number six. It'll be fourth for the number ten, Philippe Albuquerque, fifth for Porsche number seven. Now, we've still got things to fight over here because GT isn't finished. Patrick Peele needs to keep his wits about him. And here comes the turn of BMW. They battle for the lead in GTD. With that brake compromise, Madison Snow driven number one. And Kelly Moss with Riley Porsche. Julian Andlauer has had a great run as well. And it's not over yet. Yeah, two more, oh, laps, and more people off the track there. That was a BMW. I think that was Robbie Foley bouncing across the track there. Was it the Porsche behind him? I think it was, yeah. It was the 92 Porsche from Julian Andler. 
through goes Jack Aiken. He's got 2.2 seconds. He can't stroke it home from here. It'll be white flag next time around. Nick Yellowly. Side by side on the front straight. And Rasmussen goes through in third. Tower, TDS, Era Motorsport. And Scott McLaughlin is in third position. Overall for the LMP2 leader with three tenths of a second. Jensen was Mitchell Jensen was right alongside him. Here comes the yeah. BMW battle. And Rasmussen up to third position. He's got Bosch Shatter and Siegel. Yeah, absolutely. Bill Orbelin, excuse me. Madison Snow and Robbie Forley now have Jack Hawks with second in GT Pro between them. That's great news for Madison. Can he hold on to it? Turn to BMW down to the right-hand side. A big throw down the inside from the 92. And last sniff second position. Frederick Schandorf for inception. Sniffs a podium for McLaren. A minute and 22 to go. Jack Aiken will get the white flag. Next time around, Nick Yellowly for BMW in second. Wheel and engineering. So, when you look at the start and finish of this, the pool sitting car won. Nothing happened then. Could there be anything further from the truth? Goodness gracious. I mean, it was looking at all but lost, wasn't it? Yes. Before that last caution period for the number 31 team, when we thought it, that was the car that was leading at the previous yeah. restart, and it was looking so good. Three yeah. and three quarter miles stand between Wheel and Engineering and the Cadillac V Series. Dot R. The number 31 car, 2.7. BMW M Team RLL. In second, they're going to cross the line. Here comes the battle for GTD. Now, well, this does have echoes of 2007, doesn't it? With a car with failing brakes and still a lap to go. They're going to be only halfway around by the time the leaders come through. Now, Hawks has got to play sensibly here. This is not for position between the yellow Lexus and the white BMW. The white BMW leading its class, Jack Hawksworth, second in his class. And he can't get the P-Lay this lap. It's 3.3 seconds. Hawksworth's yeah. flashing his lights. But surely he doesn't need to get involved in this battle. So either he pulls out the way or he stays where he is. Oh, and there's more incident further back. The 21 Ferrari hitting the back, Miguel Molinet hitting the back of David Pittard and Harder Racing. Well, what a race for the 71st annual Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. Cadillac on pole, Cadillac wins, but so much in between those two events. Wheel and Engineering number 31 wins it, will stay with the battle in GTD, third across the line. Tower Motorsports, Scott McLaughlin. Scott McLaughlin wins for Tower. 
from Mikkel Jensen and Christian Rasmussen brings the Aero Motorsport home third but it's the GTD arm battle as Pele is on the back straight we'll get some interviews in a moment but there's still places to be decided Pele is gone he comes through turn 17 now the white headlights signify a pro class car so Faf Motorsport will win GTD Pro Porsche are back in GT and Pauls they've done it Paul Miller racing Madison Snow let's go to Joe Bradley is that number four did you see number four number four to, to finish first first you have to finish people I can't think of a better statement that's endurance racing you gotta be there at the end yeah and Wayland Engineering were the 31 and people Durrani started the race on Paul we talked to him then and it's his fourth. He's just reminded me. Well, for Paul Miller Racing, this is win number two for Sebring International Raceway in the 12 hour, and it's win number two for Brian Sellers in this race. He definitely didn't see this one coming. Brian, before you run off and hug all the crew guys. Oh, he's making me chase him over the wall. <laughs> so much celebration, Brian. It didn't look like it was going to happen earlier on. How in the world are you on the top step at Sebring again? Well, today we had some luck on our side for sure. Those yellows, we weren't going to be good on fuel. And, um, and Madison was saving a ton under yellow. And those extra yellows just uh, got us to the end. And, man, you know, he's like to say the kid did a good job. But he showed he's not a kid today. He showed he's a lot more than that. He's just... Uh, I, guess, I don't know what to say. I'm so proud for him, really. I mean, try not to tear up here. You just see the growth that he's had over the years and how much trust everybody has in him. And um, I love him. He's great today. I don't know what else to say. That comes from his great mentor. Congrats, Brian. Oh, brilliant stuff. Joe Bradley heading down to tower to see if we can get a word with those guys third overall and winning LMP2 it was Riley that won it let's go down to Joe Bradley congratulations class win here at the Sebring 12 Lauren Van Tour and the Faf Motorsport Porsche yeah it's pretty uh, pretty amazing I mean I didn't expect us to to fight here uh, but the car really came alive at night and that's uh, amazing I'm I'm done I'm super exhausted after <laughs> whack and today uh, I need a burger but uh, amazing you need a little bit more energy to spray some champagne, my friend. Yeah, well done. Congratulations to everyone. <sighs> Let's quickly run down LMP3. Uh, and it is the Riley 74, the Ligier, ahead of three Duquesne. Share Adam is with Gar Robinson. Gar, finally, Sebring 12-hour winner. What is this feeling? This is the most brutal race in the world. <laughs> it's a... Uh... I mean, I, I, being from Texas, I think I'm used to the heat, but this is, Florida heat's a totally different game. But, uh, no, I'm so proud of my guys for making, making everything everything go like it did today. And uh, we all pushed really hard. I think Josh cramped up for the last 30 minutes of, the, of his stint, and I was dying at the end of mine. And this is, I mean, it makes all four for, for, for me. <laughs> and, uh, no, it's, it's, it's awesome, and it's, it's great to be able to uh, – to share the uh, share the victory with my dad now too, because he's 
he's got the he had the the 12-hour on me for a long time and uh or, well for 28 years now but uh now i get to join him with that one and uh no i'm, I'm uh really excited and uh i think we're probably gonna have to go have a good time in the infield tonight congrats car thanks lmp2 winners john ferrano and tower motorsports john I'm not really sure how you guys did that, but you were there when it was when when you meant to be there, right there at the check the flag to take the win. You know what? We just we just didn't give up all day. Made a couple of mistakes. The crew was unbelievable, especially after we went in a tire wall. We came in with the car. They got it back on track with a nose change, a rear change, four new tires, full fuel in just over a minute. It was just incredible. Still came back out in third place. Tell us a little about your teammate, Scotty McLaughlin. What else can we say about that superstar? And, uh, and of course, everybody else. And, you know, he did it at the end on double stint tires. Yeah. I oh, think really? the, our competitors had uh, stickers on, and he just pulled it off. He was absolutely splendid. And reigning champions, of course. You know, I mean, we're not thinking championship at this stage, are we? But you guys are coming into this season as reigning LMP2 champions. No, no, we're thinking championship. Are you kidding? No, we, were, you we were thinking championship when we started the season. <laughs> Never mind. This is fantastic. Of course you are, John. Congratulations. Thank I'll leave you. you to get to the podium. I'll follow you down, mate. You're much quicker than me. John Bradley and Shea Adam, all four class winners spoken to there. We're going to hand the PA uh, over for the formalities. A couple of quick thank yous, particularly to uh, 106.3 Highlands ESPN uh, and to... Our colleagues at Sirius XM and particularly to all of our camera operators and technical staff from NASCAR Productions both here and up at Charlotte. Uh, thanks to Curry and to Tim and to all of you for listening and watching and a big thank you to our IMSA technical crew who were superb. The cheers will ring out long into the night tonight. Michelin Porsche Race Tech is next on IMSA Radio, exclusively live on RS2 from John Hindorf for Jeremy Shaw, Joe Bradley and Shea Adam, the responsible adult, Eve Hewitt, omnipresent as ever. Thanks for being with us for the 71st running of the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. Stay tuned for Michelin Post Race Tech. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.